And what do you know? It's about that time again. Yes, the stoop is back on a Thursday night. Welcome all. Good evening. I'm your host, Jonathan Ragus. Alongside me, as always, he's a good-looking guy. I think is my co-host, Jeff Perini. What's going on, man? I'm pretty flattered. I'm, like, shocked at this great introduction. But uh, thanks, man. It's well, good to be here on a Thursday night. And um, happy 4th of July, belated to everybody out there. That's right. Happy 4th of July. I forgot 4th of July was already just this past Monday, which is why we weren't here on the air. We hope everybody had a great, great, great Independence Day, a safe one, and you're able to type it all your fingers tonight. <laughs> and, and you can have almost been like Nick Young. Blow your fingers off. Nick. There you go. And uh, JPP. And J- that's true. And JPP as well. Uh, big thank you to our uh, friends, uh, Emmy Award-winning rock band Adrenaline, for that nice introduction piece in the beginning. Um, great stuff. That's uh, that song is called Ignite. And that's off of Adrenaline's latest album, Ignite Chapter One. The newest album is coming out soon, 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 and we can't wait to get our hands on it here at the Stoop. But thank you uh, to Adrenaline and thank you to uh, Dan Gutschmidt for that great, great stuff. Uh, last week we had uh, we were joined by actress Deborah Foreman. If you don't know her, you didn't grow up in the '80s and you didn't watch '80s movies because she was all over the '80s. We have to send a huge thank you out to Deborah Foreman for joining us. We had a real, real blast with her. Can't wait to have her back on here in the future, and uh, maybe we can get some footage from 80s in the sand when it happens next year, man. That sounds like a blast, and how much was it again? Like $47,000 to go to it? It's all right. Something like that. It was like a quarter million or something like that. Uh, <laughs> quarter million. <laughs> how about, it sounds worth it, though. Sounds like an awesome time. I'd love to check it out. Deborah Foreman and uh, some 80s stuff, Loverboy, and uh, Susie Q. Oh, man. That, that's got to be a great time. Yeah. Well, you know, if you think about it, if it's worth that much to go, then guys like Marvin Williams, uh, Bismack Biombo, Anthony Tolliver, Jared Bayless, Jeremy Lin, Ish Smith, they can all go now. Because, man, the insane deals going around the NBA this offseason is just nuts. Absolutely nuts. And that's what we're here tonight for. This is our annual NBA free agency show, and just in a little bit, we're going to be joined by Tommy D from the KnicksBlog.com. Uh, we're going to talk about the moves that the Knicks made, uh, the moves that the or or the moves that the 76ers didn't make. What's going on with Kevin Durant's decision to go to Golden State? What's going on with Timmy D and retiring? Dwayne Wade is out in Miami, and we have a surplus, a surplus of signings and huge. Huge deals in the NBA so far this offseason. Um, we will be joined by Tommy in just a little bit. But before we do that, let's get to our top five list real quick, man. And let's get and, – and it's going to be NBA themed because that's what we do here best at the Stoop. And tonight is our top five favorite NBA signings or trades. So, Jeff, you know the deal, man. You kick it off. I'm going to kick it off with five. And uh, actually, it's called six because, again, we got a tie – um, I went more or less with mostly trades instead of uh, all free agent stuff. But at uh, number five, my uh, one close to home, the 76ers, making uh, a deal with the Cleveland Cavaliers and getting Roy Hinson and uh, trading away the number one pick that turns out to be Brad Doherty. Painful move back then. I never really understood it. I mean, Doherty was a clear-cut number one in that class. 
had a great career, and uh, a guy the Sixers could have really used, but they gave up on him and got the Sixer killer in Henson. That just didn't do much after that. Uh, the tie, the uh, Los Angeles Lakers, who were mentioned a lot in this thing, uh, they acquire Kareem Abdul-Jabbar from the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, seemed to be a big change around in Laker history. Uh, Kareem was the foundation of a team that uh, saw Worthy and uh, Magic come to town. They just became a dominant team in the 80s. So uh, tie for five, Kareem and Brad Doherty. Uh, number four, um, on draft day, the uh, Los Angeles Lakers make a deal with the Charlotte Hornets to acquire the right to Kobe Bryant. Once again, the rest is history. Uh, Kobe turned on to have an outstanding career. Uh, joined up with Shaq, won a few titles in L.A. Again, it's all about L.A. I mean, that's the place to be. And that's number four. Yeah. Number three is the decision, as they call it, LeBron. Goes to Miami, leaves Cleveland behind, gets the big money, uh, teams up with Bosch and Wade, wins an NBA title. Um, huge, just huge. And uh, everybody was comparing Durant's move to that. Not quite the same. Uh, something no. all of its own, and LeBron, you know, just massive. Uh, number two, June 9, 1980. This is a big one. Both in Celtics uh, make a trade to the Golden State Warriors. They uh, acquire Robert Parrish, a draft pick, for the first and the 13th pick. And the draft pick turned out to be Kevin McHale and uh, teamed up with Larry Bird. That turned out to be the foundation of an amazing run for the Celtics. Um, just turned into an incredible team. McHale was an amazing pro. Parrish, of course. Bird, it was just such a great team. And that trade really solidified that team. And uh, number one, April 30th, 1956, the number two overall pick belonged to St. Louis. Uh, they used it on Bill Russell. They could not afford Bill Russell, so they traded him to Boston for uh, guys uh, Cliff Hagen and Ed McNally and uh, Bill Russell to Boston and uh, pretty much made his career with that move. Huge move. Russell, one of the best centers in the history of the NBA. That is uh, my top five. No question about it. That's a good top five, man, and that was the end of St. Louis as we know it. Um, I went a little bit different with my top five. I have a couple of signings and a couple of trades here. Number five, uh, I'm going to go with Pau Gasol signing with the San Antonio Spurs, and this just happened. And why do I pick that as one of my favorites? Because to me, this is the best fit for Pau Gasol in his entire career. I think if Pau Gasol would have been with Greg Popovich for a long time now, I don't know how many rings Gasol would actually have. Um, I just think Pau Gasol, Popovich, that fit, Absolutely amazing. Can't, see what, can't wait to see what happens uh, this year. 1988, the Chicago Bulls trade Charles Oakley to the Knicks for Bill Cartwright. A good move for both teams. The Knicks loved yeah. Bill Cartwright. He was a great, great player for the Knicks. But they got a guy who played for 10 seasons and really gave the Knicks their face. Let New York know that the Knicks weren't being going to be messed around with anymore. And we went on with years of playoff uh, appearances and uh, almost winning an NBA Finals in 1994. Uh, number three, Vladdy Divac signs with the Sacramento Kings, giving us six seasons of flopping and absolute excitement. I absolutely <laughs> love those Sacramento Kings teams. I love Vladdy Divac. And damn, do I miss him, and we need another Vladdy in the league right now. Number two, Steve Nash signs an offer sheet with Phoenix, Dallas doesn't match. Thank you, Dallas. Because seriously, if Steve Nash would have stayed with the Mavericks, I don't think we would have gotten those MVPs. I don't think we would have gotten the excitement that we saw with Steve Nash and a healthy Amari Stoudemire. Don't get me wrong. Dirk Nowitzki's great. Michael Finley was good. But when you have a good point guard, a player like Amari, especially at his best, 
could really show you what they can do. Man, those were some exciting, exciting, exciting Suns teams. And talking about Amari Stoudemire, my number one signs with the New York Knicks. Here's a guy, he didn't go to a team that had, that was stacked already. He went to a team that had nobody and desperately needed him. And he put them back on the map. And seriously, the Knicks have been back on the map since Amari signed him. So that's my number one, man. So what we're going to do now. Yeah, hey, listen, I had, I had to go with a homer pick for number one. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to be joined by our guest. And joining us right now is Tommy D. from the com. Tommy, how you doing, man? I'm doing really well, guys. How you guys doing? Good, Tommy. We're doing phenomenal, man. Thank you for joining us. I know you're on the road, so I really appreciate it, man. <laughs> always on the move, man. Uh, but uh, if, if we're talking about some hoops, um, I'm always ready to go. And uh, really appreciate you guys giving me a couple minutes. Absolutely. So let's dive right in. We're going to jump into our hometown Knicks first, man. Um, they're stocking up. They're looking good. They started with uh, the Akeem Noah signing. Right now, what does Noah bring to the Knicks in his presence? In terms of position? Correct. I, You know, it, it's really a, a big-time conversation as it relates to, you know, Christoph Porzingis first and foremost, because is he ready to play 82 games plus, right? Because you're hoping that they make the, the playoffs and, and go as far as they can. Uh, you know, now you're looking at uh, a 92, 95, you know, games and whatnot in a year. Is he able to play the five positions the majority of the time that he plays in those games? And I think everybody would agree that that would be a big time risk for his, you know, lower body health and, you know, uh, legs and ankles and feet, he doesn't have to necessarily mm. need to bang around and, and, uh, and be that guy uh, at the Eastern Conference. So, you know, you do need Noah. You do need Billy Hernan Gomez, who they brought in as well. Um, and he's a young player, too. Uh, Kyle Quinn is someone who we've heard is, is on, the tra- on the trading block. Hello? Yes. There we go. Tommy, did you lose you? Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, we can hear you. Can you hear us now? I can. Yep. I heard a hello. Sorry. <laughs> no, we uh, lost you there for a minute. I'm oh, sorry. I, just getting back to the, the, the point on where, where Noah's going to play. For me, it's how much stress are you willing to put on Porzingis? You know, mm-hmm. obviously you want him to play a little bit more at the four, but no one's going to earn his minutes. He doesn't have to earn him. He's going to play his minutes. You want Melo to play more at the fort as well. Um, it's all about protecting Porzingis. That's the bottom line. Yeah. So now let's let's look at some of the other moves they made. They brought in Courtney Lee, Brandon Jennings, uh, Mendagas Kazminkas. You, you just talked about Willie H. And then they signed Plumlee today. Um, it, you know, from, from the starting five to the bench, um, how much have they improved and is it enough? for the Eastern Conference right now? Today, I, I'm not sure. Uh, you have to really see what will be available. They can still make more roster moves as, you know, get closer yeah. to uh, the beginning of the year. Uh, certainly, they will invite some some players who can earn spots that, you know, in veterans camp. Um, you know, Lance Thomas is a player I think is, is really under-talked about and is really good for them. Uh, a lot of times during the year when they were playing their best. And I always think to 
you know, that time really down in Texas with, you know, the, the great play against Houston, the great play against uh, the Spurs, and there, there, yeah. was a, there was a really solid stretch for of, of basketball, and they ended up getting, you know, I think it was 23 and 23. They were at 500, you know, almost 50 games into the season. Lance Thomas is playing great basketball. So mm-hmm. him coming back and being healthy is a big key. They, you know, they, they have the pieces, but you're really relying on Derrick Rose. You're relying on Carmelo Anthony. You're relying on a healthier Chris Dapsport and gets to, uh, you know, to carry the thing forward. I say, this, I say this a lot. They lost at least 15 games just because of how bad their guards were. And that includes a follow, oh, yeah. and I love a follow. But they lost at least 15 games just because of having Sasha Bulisic, Jose Calderon, Galloway, who is a nice player, obviously is not there anymore. Um, but now you're bringing Derek Rose in. You know, now you bring Courtney Lee in. They made some serious upgrades here. Yeah, yeah, and and it's looking good. I'm really liking what Phil Jackson did with the team here. Uh, let's swing over real quick to the West. Uh, Kevin Durant, you know, to the Warriors is, is is just huge, huge news right now. How do you feel about it? Are you on that wagon where everybody is just, you know? You know, terrible move by Durant. Shouldn't have done it. Shouldn't have went to a team that beat him and basically just destroyed him in the playoffs. Or, you know, is this just, hey, you know what? He saw a chance to win, so why not go? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not a fan of that. Uh, I the latter, you know. Uh, yeah. I, I think I understand Durant. Like, I have empathy for um, Durant's decision in a, in a you know, way larger fashion than I did for LeBron's decision. Um. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of, including myself, I think a lot of people, a lot of us try to compare both, and that was probably unfair to Durant. Because he really didn't make, you know, a real big pageant out of it, which is what LeBron did. And, you know, West, uh, uh, Durant in many ways is, was at the mercy of Russell Westbrook, so why go through that process again? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I can, I can see him going back for a year and then just having to be the two then. At the end of the day, if he goes back there and Westbrook says, I'm definitely leaving, then Durant's got to scramble, and that changes the landscape of the entire league. Why not be? Why not get in front of it, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't love it, but, but I'll be completely honest. You no, know, I built uh, this, literally this day, 2010, six years ago, a decision changes the landscape of everything, and that's what LeBron did. So I'm not really surprised about anything, and I can't really be mad at anything. That uh, that guy's like Durant. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, now, let's talk about another guy leaving a team that he's been around with for a long time. Dwayne Wade going to the Chicago Bulls after 13 seasons with Miami. Um, you know, did you think this was going to happen? Did you, you know, because a lot of people said no. There's no way Wade and Miami are going to break up. It's too good of a relationship. But then all this news was coming out that he really wasn't being treated fairly by the organization. Um, you know, is this a good fit for Chicago? It's a terrible fit for Chicago, for sure. Especially when you factor in the amount of shots they're going to miss with Rondo and Wade. And, you know, Jimmy Butler is a, is a great player in rhythm, um, but he also can miss shots if the spacing isn't right, as any, as any player can. They're going to struggle with space. They'll struggle with, um, you know, I did. they can figure it out because I think Rondo is cerebral enough really create the necessary uh, lanes and space for, for his players. But when you think of, you know, two compatible 
guard, Rondo and Wade don't really come to mind for me. Stranger things have happened, but, you know, that doesn't, doesn't really add up. And, and Wade had every chance to come to New York. And he, he tried to use yeah. them as leverage. And I think the great thing about all that was still saying, thanks, but no thanks. You want to come here, you know, with Noah and, and really be serious about trying to win, we're here for you. But, you know, don't come back and counter it, you know, for the, the, the contract greater than two years, $48 million, which is ultimately what he signed for, which is what Wade did in, in, in the next half. You know, it's, it's it's today's NBA, right? Like, I, th- I think yeah. the funniest thing about the whole thing was was Wade staged, or at least attempted to stage this whole, you know, recruiting process that no one cared about. And then he makes yeah. an announcement on uh, Kelly Ripa. Like, and no one cared. Maybe some housewives <laughs> cared, but I don't think the NBA and anybody outside of Chicago or Miami really cared about it. Yeah, it didn't seem to be. So now, uh, you know, we got to ask for a, a, about a Philly here because Jeff's a huge Philly guy. He's from Philly. Um, you know, Ishmith is free to walk to Detroit. We still have three centers that dominate the roster. In comes Ben Simmons, Jared Bayless, Sergio Rodriguez. Is this team still completely lost, or you think there's a bigger picture in the end for them? I don't think I, – well, listen, they were lost, and maybe they will be found, <laughs> you know, by the Philanthropists. <laughs> I, I think – I think Brian is a. I think I know. I I don't think I know Brian. I know Brian is a very very smart mind in, in the NBA. His father is one of the all time great. You know, you want to talk about one of the all time great NBA people, NBA minds. You know, Jerry Colangelo is that guy. Um, they they tried to stabilize uh, what what they were trying to do last year uh, under Brett Brown by bringing in D'Antoni, and you know it's still. Um, a big question mark, I think, on the sidelines. But it comes down to what are you trying to do? What are you trying to accomplish? The, the problem with the Sixers, and this has been a problem in the NBA for a lot of years, not just in Philly, it just happens to be poor timing, but they're really bad in bad drafts, except last year. And they just happened to select, you know, Nuren uh, uh, Noel the year before, and Noel and Okafor are not how to go players, right, up front. Yeah. So now you have a lot of talent and, and trying to fit, you know, squares into circles or round square pegs and round holes. Uh, and and that's, a, that's a real challenge. They have great assets. Everybody's like, yeah, just compile assets and you'll figure it out eventually. It's really not that easy. And now no. the Sixers have a lot of assets. I, I, I don't think Simmons is the, you know, the transient player, transcendent player, than many think he is. Can't shoot. If you can't shoot in this league from outside 15 feet, it doesn't matter what else you can do. You become a liability, and uh, and, and that's a, that's a big problem for for the Sixers. They've got an identity Man. problem, and uh, unfortunately, and I don't want to offend uh, uh, anyone here, but you know, that, that <laughs> sums Philly up in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Uh, and that's not me being you know uh, uh, overly uh, you know. Uh, I, I, I guess a jerk, you know, talking about this in New York, but um, you know, Philly's got an identity crisis. They got to figure that stuff out. Yeah. What do you think, Jeff? Do you agree with that? I kind of like the moves. I, I, I think that one of them will get dealt. Noel or Okafor. I think it's moves eventually um, get a little more of an identity. Uh, right now, Simmons is going to be the guy they turn to to pass a little bit and shoot, and they're going to ask a lot of them. Um, you got some talent if him 
get on the court and show what he's worth. I think the team makes a, a better move, but uh, how far they're going to go still remains to be seen. I think they need better guard play, more swing men, a better bench. Uh, I like the fact they got a bunch of talent. They just got to figure out how to use the guys they have. Yeah. How far are they going to go? How far are they going to go? Right, hard to say. With the way they look right now, not very far. But I, I guess <laughs> the, the city is excited to have you know all these young guys in here. But they made they, they made bad moves a few years back. Uh, they got rid of Drew Holiday and they brought in Carter Williams and let him go. But right now they need good guard play. That's one thing they're lacking severely. And they're bringing in you know these guys. So it's going to be a while. It, it's going to take a while for this team to get back on track. And uh, it's a nice start, but it's got a way to go yet. Yeah. So let's uh, – so, Tommy, let me ask you this. I know you got some place to be, so I'm going to ask you two questions. So, question number one, is Tim Duncan going to retire, your opinion? Boy, uh, I hope so. I hope so. That's my only opinion. There's no yes or no. I just I hope so. Okay. Now, going back to our uh, hometown Knicks here, rumors we're hearing. Uh, I, I, I'll ask you your opinion first. Would you do a Westbrook for KP6 trade? Not a chance. No, I'm, I'm glad no you chance. said that. No chance, and there's no chance. And we, so Han, Alan Han, uh, on his uh, the local show in, in here with ESPN, uh, he did on yeah. Twitter uh, his his poll to take it out of the, out of the air, uh, and then I did one as well. Combined, I think it was eighty four sixteen, eighty four percent, sixteen percent no, um, and the sixteen percent I think are clearly non Knicks fans because uh, you know you can't filter those on on Twitter. Yeah. But I mean, if and if you're Westbrook, and just talking about this before, if you're Westbrook, this is not a Carmelo Anthony situation. Westbrook has all the leverage. There's no collective bargaining that's going to force him into opting in and leaving, you know, X amount of dollars on the table like what there was with Carmelo in 2011. People, people, people want to think that Carmelo forced his way to the Knicks via trade. He didn't have a choice. He had yeah. to take the money. No players' association, his agency, were not letting him opt out of that contract. So he had to be traded. Everybody in the NBA knows that. People who don't know mm-hmm. that are the people who refuse to accept it, I suppose. But Westbrook has all the leverage. The Knicks have all the leverage if he decides he wants to play in New York. That's why you just there's no reason to take any risks. And if you're Westbrook, there is no like he's not Danilo Gallinari. There is no way if you're coming to the Knicks that you want to be traded to the to this guy because he makes your life so much easier. So there's no way that you trade him in my mind. Either way, if you're Westbrook, if you're the Knicks, if you're if you're OKC, of course you'd love to make that trade, but we'll see what happens. Great. I'm glad you said that because I said that to a lot of people when they told me I was nuts, but. Seriously, KP6, I think he could be a cornerstone piece for this team for a long time, man. So, Tommy, seriously, man, thank you for joining us. Definitely want to get you back on in the future, man, so we can talk a little bit longer, man. You got my info anytime. I'm here. Great, man. Enjoy your night, and thank you again. Thanks, guys. And that was uh, Tommy D. from the KnicksBlog.com, part of the SNY Network here in New York. Uh, Excuse me, there in New York. Um, so, you know, you, like you said, man, Philly's got an identity crisis, man. And I think he really defined it perfectly for your 76ers, Jeff. They really do have an identity crisis. If you look at the roster right now, uh, for the Sixers, you got three centers in 
Jahil Okafor, Joel Embiid, and Nerlens Noel, what do you do with those three centers if you can't find a home for them? Because, listen, a lot of, you know, we heard the Okafor, we heard the Noel rumors going to Boston, going to this team at draft night. Now those players are drafted. Do they trade them for future picks now, or do they try to trade them for a veteran? And at the same time, do the Celtics really want to trade somebody now that's on their team for a Jahil Okafor? I kind of think the Celtics are ready to move in the right direction. Now, the Sixers, um, you got to make sure first, before you make any move, you got to make sure that Embiid can even play. We don't know how he's going to play. We don't know if he's going to hold up. He turns out to be a stud. He plays 82 games, and the, the team has good nights, and they look better, and maybe a move gets made. I think Okafer is the tradable piece, not Noel. And Noel's nice to have. He's something rare in the NBA. He's a big guy that's just out there to play defense. You don't have to worry about him scoring. Um, identity crisis may be in the fact that they don't have a lot of good guard play. Like I said, uh, you got Stauskas and you got a, a couple guys, a point guard that have been around the league. Uh, Simmons, I think, will be a good ball player. You got the talent. Got to give it a year or two again. I know we, here in Philly we've been saying it for years, but right now it's a lot of young guys who got to find their roles, got to learn to mesh together, and then we go from there. I think in another two years it's going to take at least. Sorry, Sixer fans, but uh, I'm one of is. I'm a big Sixer fan. But it's going to take a couple of years to realize where they're at, and then you can make moves. I don't think panicking right now is, hey, let's get rid of Okafer, and then here Embiid misses another year. It sets you back a good ways. Yeah. No, it'll be interesting, man, to see what they do there, man. Um, like I said, Tommy, I think to find it perfectly, man. Identity crisis 101 going on in Philadelphia. And I got to say, man, I am so happy that he agreed with my opinion this whole time that I wouldn't do a Chris Dapps Porzingis for for uh, Russell Westbrook trade. It's just not worth it for the New York Knicks at this point in time for the team they now have together. You know, now if we go around, they're going to have cap space next season. Russell Westbrook is going to be a free agent after the year. And if Derrick Rose doesn't pan out or he gets injured or he gets more money elsewhere that they're just not looking to, you know, you know, put into Derrick Rose because of his injury status, you can possibly sign Russell Westbrook next season and still have Kristaps Porzingis, man. I got to say, man, I love what Phil Jackson is doing. And I think right off the bat, you know, just the way he's improving his team, he's already my vote for executive of the year, man. I mean, that's how I feel, dude. I agree. And you know the guy knows the game, and he's not going to do much to hurt himself. I don't think a Westbrook deal Especially for a guy that, uh, you know, that you just got in last year, looks like a good, talented rookie, is worth it. Westbrook can be free next year. You wait and you make your move. Keep the team the way it looks right now. You know, Derek Rose and Noah. And, uh, it's got good makings in New York. I hate to say it, but New York's got a, an up-and-coming roster. Yeah. And just so you know, the dogs are in the house tonight. They are in studio hanging out with us. I got my two dogs. Jeff's got his dog. They're just hanging out. We're having a good time here. Oh, yeah. A little, uh, little dog action in the studio, you know. <laughs> <laughs> a little dog action in the studio tonight, man. All right. Um, we're going to cut off the NBA talk for a little bit um, and get into some other stuff, and then we'll get back into some NBA talk. We're going to talk about some of the signings, and then uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask Jeff uh, who he thinks has uh, improved most so far this offseason and basically who missed out, you know, who missed the mark on improving. So first off, let's get into some television talk. Uncle Buck, yes, the amazing movie with the legendary late great John Candy was remade into a television show starring Mike Epps as Uncle Buck himself. 
Well, guess what? Canceled after season one, which we <laughs> predicted here on the stoop. Right here. <laughs> right here on the stoop. So it's really not going to discuss it. We're just going to say that we told you so. Stop the damn remakes. Do some unique ideas. Or if you're going to do something like an Uncle Buck, get better people for the show. That's all I'm going to say. Um, what, seriously, what do you think of it? Because I'm I'm not shocked. I'm a fan of Nia Long, uh, although just oh, a bad yeah, project for her. I mean, yeah, for the love of God. But uh, Mike Epps uh, carrying the show is poor, um, and the idea is poor. I mean, Uncle Buck is a nice movie for two hours. But week in and week out, it, it's not funny. It's not creative. Uh, the remakes, like I said, are so many bad remakes. And there's a lot of yeah. just bad shows. And this one was a key. And I, I tried to watch it. I gave it a shot. Like, I give a lot of this stuff a shot. And um, after I gave this a shot, I had a couple of shots of Jack to forget the pain of watching the TV <laughs> show. So, uh, adios, Uncle Buck, man. Uh, thanks for stopping by. Yeah. Continuing television talk, The Warriors, the 1979 movie starring... Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. No, I'm just kidding. Starring Michael Beck, James Remar, Dorsey Wright. I mean, lots of damn good actors in this movie. Is basically being rebooted as a series for Hulu. What do you think of that? It's a little confusing. It's a great legend. Uh, Warriors is one of those movies that everybody has seen, everybody loves. Um, Oh, hey, turn into a uh, I mean, Hulu is kind of going the route of Netflix and coming up with new series. Uh, Netflix does it really good. They have great series, great series. But now Hulu is going to start off with a, with a reboot that you know we love. So uh, it's interesting to see. I mean, everybody's going to watch. I'm excited to watch. I, I just don't know if week in and week out it brings the magic that the movie had. The movie had something very unique in it. And uh, that's hard to duplicate, it, especially on the weekly series. It's, it's going to be interesting to see. Listen. The Russo brothers are taking the helm on this. Um, I like that they're going big with the Russo brothers. Um, Vince Russo? <laughs> no, I'd not Vince Russo. It, it's, it's really going to be interesting. They're going to direct a pilot. Um, there's no word yet on what kind of commitment is on going on after that with the Russo brothers. Uh, there's no word on what the – the series is going to be even about, is it going to be about, you know, this gang from New York that's trying to make their way back to Coney Island after, you know, can you dig it, gets assassinated, and they get blamed <laughs> for it. Um, it it's, listen, it's, it's a phenomenal movie. It's a legendary movie. It's a cult classic. I, I just don't know how it's going to transform from an, an amazing movie in 1979 to now. I mean, is it going to be about today's gangbangers in the streets? If it is, I'm not interested. You know, if they're going to go back in time with it, and they're going to even do, let's say, 80s gangs in an 80s setting, could be interesting. But I want to see 70s setting. I, I, want to, I want them to get into that whole 70s thing and see what it's about. Is it going to be about... After the Warriors get back to Coney Island, is it going to be an actual reboot starting from the beginning of the movie, going through it, and then past that? It would have to be. But, I don't know, I'm kind of interested in to see what happened to all of them afterwards, man. And I think that would be a good direction for the series. Will it be good? I don't know. But, that's what I'm hoping for. 
hoping for something good or running out of things to watch on TV outside of sports. It, it, it's getting weak. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't know, but we'll see what happens there. So, yeah, The Warriors being rebooted for a new series on Hulu. Let's get into a little bit of music talk, man. So, Jeff is going to see Guns and Roses soon. And Steven Adler surprised the crowd last night, jumping on the drums at the Guns N' Roses concert. What did you think of this? And where the hell is Izzy, man? I think it's awesome that Adler got back out there. And to give him a chance to get back out there. Um, you know his troubles. You know his perils. Guy's still a, a good drummer. Um, Izzy is Izzy. He's still in the milk box. Like he wasn't at the music video so long ago. Uh, <laughs> It's going to be next Thursday night, um, and I'm stoked. It's at Lincoln Financial Field. It's going to be a phenomenal show, i got to tell you. Um, Mid-90s, early 2000s, a lot of people became anti-Guns N' Roses, anti-Axel, anti-his bullshit attitude and what have you. But um, you know, time heals wounds, I guess, and they're back on stage. I watch a lot of their stuff on YouTube, and it looks really good. And Axel sounds good. Uh, I know he's got the problem with the leg. He's been in, in a chair through most of these concerts, but... I'm excited. It's on the bucket list, man, to see Guns N' Roses. You pretty much have the whole lineup there. It's going to be an incredible show. I absolutely can't wait for it. Um, and I'm going to be reporting on it the following Monday and just telling you how much I love it. Because I know it's going to be awesome. And I, I'm just so excited. One of these things you thought you'd never see, and they're back. And uh, like I said, it looks good. Check them out on YouTube. Check out some of the Guns N' Roses shows, and uh, you'll see what I mean. It, it looks outstanding, and uh, it's great. Maybe we'll get uh, Steven Adler in Philly. That'd be awesome. Hey, you never know. Who knows? Maybe you'll get Izzy in Philly. Maybe you'll get Izzy. Maybe we'll get um, Gilby Clark. Or... <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, man. All right. So now talking about music, let me ask you this, man, because this is yeah. just love this question. So I'm going to ask you if you could pick one group to reform alive or dead that you can see for one time in concert, who would it be? And why? This is your book report. Man, this is a uh, awesome question. I, I've seen a lot of bands. And you know from all my time on here, I am a massive Led Zeppelin fan. Uh, I'm a little bit of an anti-Beatles guy. And I'm going to laugh because uh, I got messages from one of my good friends, CJ. He's a massive Beatles guy. I know he's listening tonight. And you know me, man. It's Zeppelin over the Beatles. But if I had to get a band together, um, and pretty much they're all together except for one passing guy, and that's Freddie Mercury. And I would love to see Queen with Freddie on stage just one time. Uh, I've, I've seen the Zeppelin guys, uh, minus Bonham, of course. Uh, a lot of people say the Who and all that, but maybe even Jimi Hendrix. But for me, Queen. Freddie Mercury owning that stage, Queen, to me, is an ideal show. Sad I never got to see it, but love one crack at it. That's, that's exactly who I was going to go with, is Queen. Um, I would love to see Queen. I would love to see Ronnie James Dio. And I have to say... Top three, it's, it's, it's a toss-up at three, but I'm going to go with Pantera. I would love to see Pantera live in concert. Um, if I go out of that realm, Thin Lizzy with Phil Lynott, you know, would, would, would be close to number three, man. But Queen is, Queen is something, dude. Queen is absolutely something. And it would be amazing, amazing if Freddie Mercury were here today so we can see them. But fortunately, we'll never will, man. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, no doubt. That would be amazing. You never saw Pantera. No, never got a chance to see Pantera. Wow. Just never had that chance to see them, man. Wow. Saw them nope. twice. It's worth every penny. They were incredible. 
Uh, of course, that won't happen. It'd be nice. Um, a lot of great artists pass on. But like I said, for me, uh, it, it's got to be Queen. I never got to see Stone Temple Pilots with Scott Weiland neither, and that, that's another tough loss. But, uh, yeah, Queen is just so far and above because Freddie was just one of the greatest, as we mentioned, pass in our top five, one of the greatest uh, frontmen ever. That would just be, to me, the ultimate show. Yeah. Awesome stuff, man. All right, man, it's uh, 8.07 here at the Stoop, um, and it's our NBA show. So uh, let's talk a little bit about some of these signings um, and some of this money that got thrown around, man. So I'm going to throw some uh, signings out here real, real quick. Uh, Bradley Beal, five years, $128 million with the Washington Wizards. I mean, we kind of knew that was going to happen. Timothy Mozgov going to the Lakers, four years, $64 million. Love Mozgov, Jeff, but I think this is, you know – the market said it. If you look at what Noah got, Mozgov's deal is actually fair for this market. And I hate to say it because I hate these big deals, but that's what we're going to go with. Hassan Whiteside, after one season, four years, $98 million with the Heat. Absolutely insane to me that Whiteside got that deal. Um, just blows me away. Chandler Parsons, four years, $94 million with the Memphis Grizzlies. Matthew Dellavedova, four years, $38 million, going in a sign-in trade from Cleveland to the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, let me ask you this real quick. Does Dellavedova start over MCW, or does MCW still get the starting nod here in Milwaukee now with Dellavedova there? Uh, I think it starts the season's MCW's job, and, and it should. Guy's a good ball player. Uh, forget what happened with the turmoil here, and forget about the fact that uh, he became a Milwaukee guy. I still think he's a good ball player, but, you know, with that number – the Avenger, and that's the uh, the age-old story in sports. You pay these guys a ton, and how could you possibly bench him? But, I mean, the NBA, like I said, an average guy, a fair player, gets $9, $10 million a year. So what's money in this league? Money has become nothing. you got to get your best guys out there. So you, you started out. Money, you money, still money, money, money. It's, it's insane. Money. <laughs> it's insane. Absolutely insane. So let me just look this up real quick because I wanted to ask you this question earlier, and I got to make sure that I get the the right play. Okay, so let's go now to the Orlando Magic. Um, I'm going to throw this out to you. Bismack Biombo, four years, $72 million with the Magic. This is starting money. Serge Ibaka gets traded there. Now you have pretty much the same problem that you have in Philly with Nikola Vucevic, Serge Ibaka, Bismack Biombo. What do you do with those three? Because you can't sit Vucevic. You're not going to sit Ibaka. To me, that would be your center and power forward. Do you think Bismack Biombo is going to sit on a bench, come off the bench at $72 million with the Orlando Magic? It's hard to say. I don't know. Maybe this is a new – maybe this is a trending fad where teams are going three monster guys up front and two other guys. I don't know. Um, it doesn't make sense. If you stock up all this size – and I can understand in the past, size used to win championships. Not so much now. There's not a lot of size in Golden State. There's not a lot of size in Cleveland. Uh, there's not seven-footers all over the league winning titles left and right. Uh, your, your best big man in the league, allegedly right now, was is guys like Gasol and then Dwight Howard. And it's not really a big man's game at the moment, so I don't understand why these teams are stocking up in, in big, big, girthy guys. It, it makes no sense. Well, I mean, you still need defense, you still need rebound, and so you still need to have size. But it's interesting that these seven-footers today are playing more of a shooting guard game than they are an actual center position. But if you look at the Magic, 
And so let's say, all right, so let's say you go Vucevic. All right, let's let's even knock this down. So you go Biombo, Vucevic at power forward, and then you go Abaka at small forward, right? So now you got shooting guard and point guard. Well, their point guard is Alfred Payton. He's not going anywhere. Now you have Aaron Gordon, who's a small forward, Evan Fournier, shooting guard, Mario Hazanga, small forward. To me, I feel like they need to make a move. And it's like, if you're bringing in Biombo and you're bringing in Abaka, are they going to do something stupid and shop Vucevic? Guy should have never left town here in the first place. <laughs> All the moves they made for well, I don't, that, I, that, that you know. was a huge, huge mistake from your yeah, 76ers, that's stub- dude. It was a stubborn from day one. I never understood the deal. Um, he didn't come out of here as a superstar when he first started. But I liked the guy, and for a team that's been starting to find quality players, it was a stump. Um, you know, like I said, I don't know what they're going to do. It's kind of like Philly. You're going to play Embiid, Okafor, and Noel. And you're going to find room for Simmons and whoever plays point guard. It's ridiculous. It's getting it's going to be too much. It's too much size. Uh, like I said, in the game, it's changed. It's not all about size anymore. It's about guys anywhere from 6'5 to 6'9 to become your, your stars. And there, there's none of that right now. There might be Ben Simmons, but there's none of that in Philly. There's obviously none of that now in Orlando. Yeah. All right, let's go to a few more signings here, man. Uh, my buddy Cole Aldridge, three years, $22 million with Minnesota. Love that deal for Minnesota. Jamal Crawford staying with the Clippers, three years, $42 million. Are you happy that the 76ers didn't match that or go over it? That's a lot of money. Uh, as much as I'd like to have him here, it's a lot of money. In the, uh, well, he's 36. Right, exactly. And it's not the right move for this team. Um, the guys you brought in to play point guard are – not really journeymen, but but guys that don't have to be a superstar. They're guys that don't have to handle the ball. They just got to get the ball up the court and pass it off. So I'd hate to get in a guy that you overpay for that's older, that may need more attention than this team has to give right now. Yeah. All right, a couple more signings here. Uh, Seth Curry going uh, two years, $6 million to the Dallas Mavericks. Roy Hebert, one year, $5 million with the Hornets. Don't know why Charlotte would have ever done that. Zaza Pachulia, one year, $2.9 million with the Warriors. Uh, Pal Gasol, two years, 30-plus million with the Spurs. Deal I absolutely love. Harrison Barnes, four years, $94 million with the Mavericks. Now, I'm going to ask you this real quick, and then I'm gonna, I am gonna I want to talk about some of these trades that went down as well. Who is the most improved that you think right now, looking at paper, at these teams on paper, who do you think is the most improved this offseason so far, or maybe even a couple of teams that you think have improved so drastically that – they have a chance of uh, heading to the conference finals. I I gotta say it. I know it's not popular and it's been getting a lot of grief, but if you look just on paper and you look at the talent, if you're gonna say that Kevin Durant hurts Golden State, you're crazy. A team with that much talent now has Curry and Durant um, has got to add something. If it doesn't, yeah, it may not. There may not be enough balls to go around. Granted, but you can't take a team that's won all those games. And now out of Kevin Durant, think they're going to be hurting. But we'll see. Uh, Your New York Knicks. They went out and signed some veterans, a lot of good players. Uh, Derrick Rose is, yeah. is a big chance, but it could be a great chance. Um, Joachim Noah, you got a guy that can play in the middle. I think New York Knicks did a lot. I, I like Boston. I know Al Horford is a pretty big, uh, nice big player. Uh, Boston's made some nice moves. Um they're my three. My three right now to really stick out to me. The Knicks, you know, obviously Golden State, even though it's one move, it's a big move. And um, 
Boston Celtics. Oh, and of course, Indiana Pacers. We've talked about the Pacers. I think the Pacers yes. have put together some nice pieces. I like the Pacers. I like their future. They had a good run last year. I know we talked on the show in NBA playoff time. They can sneak and make a move. They added nice players. I think the Pacers got a nice little dark horse chance of making uh, some noise. Yeah, definitely going to say that. Definitely going to go with Indy. I'm going to go with Dallas as well. Yes, they re-signed Dirk Nowitzki. He's pretty much on his last leg. I like them re-signing Dwight Powell. Love them re-signing Deron Williams. I think he played really well for Dallas. The Harrison Barnes move is good. Um, Seth Curry going there off the bench. Really, really like it. But then trading for Andrew Bogut and getting big next to Nowitzki, you know, they, they could be a little bit of a dark horse. Uh, as well in the Western Conference. Can they win it with that roster? I think they need to get younger. I think they need to get a little bit better at the guard position. But they can be something good. They can really be something good. I really do believe that. But talking about the Pacers, love the Pacers. Um, They got an Al Jefferson. um, I can't remember some of the other names, but they, oh, they brought in Thaddeus Young in a trade. And who else? They, They signed somebody else, and I can't remember it. Can't remember it. Oh, they uh, they traded Jeremy Evans today. We knew about that happening. Um, it, it, so, you know, it's it's tough to say. Uh, missing the mark on this season so far. I got to go with Miami. I got to go with Philadelphia. Um, got to go with the Pelicans, even though they made a couple of moves. I know our good friend Chucky Brown won't be happy with me saying that. I um, think they really could have improved drastically uh, with some of these uh, moves. Uh, Galloway is a good signing for them. I, I Listen, I didn't like Galloway with the Knicks, but I like what he can bring to a team like the Pelicans. So, wish him nothing but the best. But I go with Washington. I go with the Pelicans. I go with those types of teams. I really think they missed the mark, man, this offseason. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it all makes sense. Everything you're saying makes a lot of sense. Um, Chicago seems to be uh, cleaning out the closet despite bringing up Wade. I just don't think it's a team that's heading in the right direction. Um, you know, Philly, uh, I can't knock Philly only because, like I said, a team that struggled to win double-digit games last year can do really no wrong. Adding Ben Simmons automatically improves their offseason. I know they didn't go nuts in free agency and are not expected to because they've got a lot of young guys that they got to pay and feed. And so like I said, Philly's moves are, uh, hey, if they turn around this year and win 25 games, 25, as bad as that sounds, it's a massive improvement. There's nothing to get wrong with it. You know, I, I, I don't know. To me, man, they really had a chance to get rid of Noel or Okafor, and I think that really would have helped them to solidify a veteran. I really think losing Ishmith at this point in time is really going to hurt them. You're not going to win big games with guys like Nick Stauskas and Robert Covington, who takes 75 shots a game and only makes about 20 of them. Um, you, you know, and then, you know, you look at some of the young guys, too. Um Dario Saric can help. You know, he can really help. Sergio Rodriguez can really help. It's nice that they're bringing in a, a little bit of a European flavor, something that they're really not known to do for the Sixers. Um, it can really help them. But, man, you, you need some vets in there, dude. You need some vets. And if you look at the roster right now, there's not many on there. And I think that's one of the reasons that they did sign Sergio Rodriguez. But let me say this. Is Ben Simmons, is Okafor, is Embiid, is Noel, is Covington, are they going to listen to a guy like Sergio Rodriguez? No. No. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. He's not a Melo. He's not a LeBron. He's not 
a Dwayne Wade. He's not even like, you know, even if you go lower, not insane superstars, but he's not those types of guys, man. They're not going to listen to a Sergio Rodriguez. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with your 76ers. But damn, man. It's going to be some crazy stuff. Now let's go to these trades real quick. Uh, Trey Burke traded to the Wizards from the Utah Jazz. Andrew Brogett traded to the Mavericks. Boris Diaw leaves the San Antonio Spurs, goes to the Jazz. Um, Jeremy Evans traded to the Pacers, which we just mentioned. Mike Dunleavy going to the Cavaliers uh, from the Chicago Bulls. And Jose Calderon going to the Lakers. I kind of like that move for Los Angeles, man. Um, yeah, that's not a bad move for uh, for the Lakers. Um, Indiana made a, a nice move in, in their acquisition. Um, trades are tough. You're, you're not going to get a lot of major trades and, and blockbuster guys being moved because of the way the salary cap is structured and how deals have to match. So it's always tough. You get a lot of match contracts and all that. Uh, Dunleavy uh, hits the jackpot in going to Cleveland. Don't know if they repeat as champions, but it, it's got to be a great landing spot for him, a guy that's, you know, been around. So uh, none of the trades really knock my socks off. It's some decent stuff and nothing no. really that, that I go well for. Yeah, it's it's it was pretty much a lot of teams moving players so they can sign – you know, the players that they really wanted to sign. But I got to say, I like what the Lakers did. They added Mozgov. They got themselves a starting center. They took back Jordan Clarkson, four years, 50 million. I think it's a little bit too much for him, but what are you going to do? Luol Dang signs with them, so they got a small, a, a starting small forward now. And then you got Calderon. Is he going to start at point guard? Really depends if they get rid of D'Angelo Russell, man. But uh, if not, maybe D'Angelo Russell can learn a thing or two from Jose Calderon. So it'll be... I think that they're going to be better than they were the last couple of seasons, the Lakers. But that's how I feel. Well, again, much like uh, much like here in Philly, any improvement is something uh, as bad as it's been the last few years. Uh, no more Kobe to lean on, so it's time for the Lakers to uh, you know turn around and try to find a new identity. Yeah, absolutely. So, to our listeners tonight, who do you think is the most improved, and who do you think missed the mark? Hit us up on our Twitter. Uh, at the Stoop Radio One, or you can hit us up on Facebook. Just search for the Stoop, or hey, go to StoopRadio.com, hit the contact us uh, button, and send us a message and let us know what you think, and uh, we'll post them uh, on our, on our Facebook uh, site as well as our Twitter. We'll retweet them. So do that, and we'd love to see what uh, everybody thinks about some of these moves and pretty much all this insane amounts of money being thrown around. I think they said after the first day something near like three billion dollars was spent in the NBA in just signings alone. They, they showed that stat. I think the top four moves, uh, top four guys, um, make as much money guaranteed as uh, was it fifteen NFL starting quarterbacks combined. Crazy, crazy, crazy man. Just looking at the uh, the news wire now. Pistons waived Joel Anthony and Cameron Barstow. Uh, all the all the are going through. Marcus Thornton resigns with the Wizards. Um, you know, Spencer Dinwiddle waved by the Bulls, man. Didn't he play with the 76ers? Or am I thinking I of somebody else? So. No, I think you're right. A lot of guys play Maybe with you the can get him back, out. man. Yeah, that's the missing piece right there. Spencer Dinwiddle, man. Yeah, I, why don't you have a Dinwiddle jersey? Uh, who says I did? I've never seen you wear it, man. Ah, you're not going to see it. Well, it's, a, it's a special occasion one. It's an NBA final thing. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this, man, real quick before, uh, you know, we finish up here tonight at the Stoop. 
What do you think of Manu Ginobili returning to the Spurs? It's it's hard to hang it up uh, when you're a guy that plays and and plays at such a high level. Um, you know, why not let him get out there? Uh, especially talking about Duncan. Duncan might pack it in. He may not. He yeah. may come back and then see them go one Don, more round. The you know? The latest news over the last hour uh, coming out of the Spurs, um, you know, I got some connections uh, with some people who got it's it's they're bracing for him to retire. It looks like he's leaning toward retiring. That's gonna be a shame. You know, he doesn't really do the uh, the tour, but Tim's not a not a big flashy guy. Uh, he got there with the David Robinson era. They had great teams. He was never a uh, loud mouth guy, a show off guy. He just went to work. Carried his lunch pail, went to work, and uh, had a phenomenal career. So if he does pack it in, you know, hats off to Tim Duncan and a brilliant career. And, uh, and Popovich hats off for uh, having this guy and putting this team together. So uh, it'll be sad to see uh, a guy like Duncan leave it. It just goes to show you how old uh, I'm getting when a guy like that is uh, coming to the league, did his thing, won titles, and now it's packing it up. Yeah, I mean, you look at you know Tim Duncan and Kobe and all these guys, man, that we remember just it seemed like yesterday uh, was just coming into the league and they're on their 19th and 20th seasons and they're they're retiring. So it's uh, pretty crazy that uh, Tim Duncan was drafted 19 years ago, going into possibly his 20th season with the Spurs. But hey, if he retires, amazing, amazing career for a sure Hall of Famer should be a first ballot Hall of Famer, no question about it. But you got to give props to the Spurs, man, because Pau Gasol is the perfect perfect, perfect replacement for Tim Duncan right now in this Spurs offense. Yeah, and like you said, uh, I think you had mentioned it, you know, the reason to go out and get Gasol is the, is the prep for the, uh, you know, the walk away of Tim Duncan, and no better guy to do it. A, a great forward, a guy that's a terrific NBA player. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, they're prepped for it if it happens. No, absolutely. So we'll see what happens, man. Um I want to thank Tommy D from the Knicksblog.com, SNY, for joining us tonight. Uh, you know, we'll definitely have him back on uh, real soon, hopefully during the season as well, a few times so we can get some insight uh, from Tommy on a lot of stuff. Real knowledgeable guy. I've been reading his work and following him for a long time. Uh, good guy. Um, really knows what he's talking about, so it'll be nice to have him back on. Uh, before we leave, though, we got to send a huge, huge happy birthday out to our good friend Lilith from Lilith and the Night celebrating her birthday today along with her twin sister. Um, we absolutely love Lilith. She's become a really good friend to Jeff and I here at the Stoop. Um, amazing band, amazing people, and Lilith is just an amazing person. So uh, hit them up on Twitter and uh, wish Lilith a, a, a very happy birthday because uh, she deserves it, man. What do you think? She deserves it. It's right. Amazing girl, amazing talent, uh, beautiful. I, I watched some of her uh... – pole dancing things she posts on Facebook. I love her music. Her stuff is outstanding. So yeah, happy happy birthday to uh, one of our brand new favorites, um, one of our uh, superstars in the making right here at the Stoop. Uh, Lilith, uh, if you're listening, or you hear us on the replay, happy birthday to you and uh, thanks from uh, your your friends here at the Stoop. Absolutely. All right, man, so uh, we got some good shows coming up next, uh, this upcoming Monday, July 11th. Keith Shockley of Public Enemy and producer Ian Holt will be joining us. We're going to talk about this new uh, Public Enemy documentary that's going to be coming out not uh, not too far from now. It's being, uh, I believe it's being, it's being filmed right now, and we get, uh, we're going to get first looks at it and first access here. We're going to talk to them about that, plus a little bit more. July 25th, actress Diane Franklin 
Monique from Better Off Dead, man. She's going to be here with us on the stoop, and we can't wait for that. July 28th, musician Erica Chase is going to be here. We're going to listen to her newest single, Paris. Really looking forward to that as well. Um, actor Peter Cambor, actress Erin Hayes were supposed to join us in the month of July, unfortunately. Um, those shows are being rescheduled for hopefully sometime in August uh, due to some personal things as well as some work-related things. Um, but we cannot wait to have Erin and Peter on with us. So, um, yeah, so look out for that in August. And, uh, hey, if we have other guests to announce, we'll either announce them here live on The Stoop or you can find them on our Twitter, at uh, at the Stoop Radio 1, or you can go to our official webpage, stoopradio.com, and on our right-hand side it says Future Guests, and you can always see it. We update it daily because that's how we roll. Good times. Um, Once again, thank you to Tommy. What was that? There's now a Jeff bio on the, the stoop. You can actually read about the Jeff the show. Yes. Finally. Yes. <laughs> I want to thank all of the stoop listeners and fans for emailing and harassing Jeff. He finally, finally did his bio, and you can read all about our friend Jeff Perini at www.stoopradio.com. Good stuff. Once again, thank you to Tommy D. from thenixblog.com for joining us. Check him out over at thenixblog.com and let him know that we sent you over there. Great, great stuff being written every day. Um, so, Jeff, uh, that's it for uh, our annual NBA show. Could have been a little bit longer. We were going to have a surprise guest, but unfortunately, it didn't work out. I'm very sad about that. But He's doing stuff for the NBA Summer League right now. So we hope to get him on again with us in the near future. And you know who he is? It's our good friend Chucky Brown. He's doing stuff for the Orlando uh, Summer League with the New Orleans Pelicans, who he works with and works for. So, unfortunately, he couldn't be here because he's at a game right now, which sucks because Chucky's man. a good friend of ours. Great friend of ours. He's a busy man. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we understand that. We uh, we carried the load for him tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Chucky. We carried your load, man. <laughs> All right. So anyway, yes. Uh, you know, hey, any signings come through that are super huge, we'll be talking about them on Monday as we're joined by Keith Shockley of Public Enemy, super huge, as well as writer-producer Ian Holt, good friend of ours here at The Stoop. Really looking forward to that show. So for my buddy, Jeff, the good-looking Shark Perini, I am Jonathan Raggis, and we'll see you all Monday. And always remember, stop the hate, stop the violence. All lives matter. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Good night.